And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Let's read the Christmas story, the Christmas narrative, as it's given in Luke chapter 2, and we'll read verse 1 to verse 7. Amen? This one to seven. You got it? Praise God. King James, I'm reading. I have the King James Version. I think you may have other versions, but amen. Let's read. It reads verse one, Luke chapter two. We got it? Amen. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus. He was the guy who changed August. Amen. His name came, uh, August came after his name, Augustus, that all the world should be taxed. Verse 2, and this taxing, I think you may have registered, and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth on, into Judea, in, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Why? Because he was of the house and lineage of David. He was a descendant of David, of David. Joseph, Jesus' stepfather, the carpenter, was a descendant of David. Mm -hmm. Verse 5 read, read, To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. She was very pregnant. Can you say very pregnant? Yes, she was very pregnant. And so it was that while they were there, amen, while they were in Bethlehem, the days were complete accomplished that she should be delivered mm -hmm. and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there's no because there was no room for him in the inn that's little jesus she wrapped him in a manger sorry you know and she laid him in a manger wrapped him in swaddling clothing no man made dwelling was worthy of jesus let me say that again. No man-made dwelling, no palace, no castle was worthy of Jesus. So he humbled himself and became a lowly man and chose to be born in a stall and placed in a manger. A stall is a place where animals were held back then. Amen? Can you imagine our Lord, our Savior? That's a message to us. Amen? Born and placed in a feeding trough. <laughs> ah, glory be to Jesus. He chose to do that because there was no room for him in the inn. You know how it is when there's a football game here, every hotel is booked. Amen. Because Augustus requested everybody to be registered and go back to the place where they belong. They went back, all the inns were filled. It wasn't because Jesus was poor. I've heard this particular text taught, using this text as a way to say Jesus was poor. You know, Mary, uh, Joseph was, he was a skilled carpenter. Don't you think he could afford one night in an inn? I mean, just one night. He was in business for himself. Mm-hmm. You see, you see all these pictures with baby Jesus and the three wise men? That's wrong. When Jesus was born, there was Mary, there was Joseph, and a few animals looking in. Then later down, God told the angels, the, the, the shepherds, that Jesus was born. And they said, let's go in search of Jesus. And they went, and then after they met Jesus, then you had Jesus... The animals, Joseph and Mary, and then the shepherds. Two years after, the wise men came. They went, that was how many years? Two years after that. And then when he was born, they took him to be consecrated. They got two turtle doves. Well, two turtle doves, that's big, two turtle doves, that's what poor folk, listen to me very carefully, that's what poor folk usually take mm -hmm, to sacrifice. Back then, hear me, I'm making a point. But that was not, that was before the wise men met him. Let me say, that was what? Before the wise men met him. When the wise men met him, they gave him what? Gifts of all sort. And one 
one particular commentator said the gifts they gave Jesus, the value of it lasted for a lifetime. That was two years after he was born. Are you with me since? That's why Herod murdered everybody two years and below. The Bible makes sense if you just read it. Trying to defend poverty. Who defends poverty? Why should I, why should I tell you Jesus was poor? You remain poor and then ask you for an offering. Anyhow, the things you read when you read these commentaries is so disconcerting and disheartening. Mm -hmm. After Jesus was two years old, the wise men came. I'm saying this to say that God did not just give his son to a man and a woman to raise for free. He didn't. Are you getting what I'm saying? God would not do that. Just throw his son on somebody. Well, do what you want with him. Struggle if you have to. It's on you. No, he paid for Jesus. Are you with me? He gave them enough to take care of his son. Anyhow, let me move on. I'm sorry, since I'm, 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 what I read about the commentaries I read, they really disappoint me. So, let's, is it okay to get into our text? Praise the Lord. <laughs> I want you to look at the first phrase in this particular text. Acts, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 reads. What it reads? And did what? And it came to pass. One of the most popular phrases in the Bible. By the way, I'm just going to walk through the Christmas story. And let me ask you. Christmas coming is this uh, next week, Saturday. Saturday. I'm asking you, Christmas morning, take some time and read the Christmas story. From Luke chapter 2, well, that's where my, our family reads it from. Before any gifts are opened, read the entire story, Luke chapter 2. Amen? And just hear what the Lord has to say. We read it every Christmas morning. A cup of coffee. Amen? The Bible, the gifts under the tree. Emmanuel is just, he cannot wait. Amen? But we have him sit and read the word of God. And ask him a few questions about it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So do that this coming Saturday. Or if not before the gift. Sometime during the day. You'll be surprised. Amen. What it'll do for you. Praise the Lord. And it came to pass. Notice the phrase which the Holy Spirit had looked. Start the account with. It came to pass. It means... We are going to outlast. Let me tell you since. I want you to know this. Christ During Christmas time, a lot of people get somewhat lonely and sad. Sometimes, not every time. Amen. But look at the first phrase that's used. It came to pass. It is going to pass. <laughs> whatever challenge you may be going through now, this Christmas season, whatever the, whatever the devil may throw in your path. During this Christmas season, I want you to know it will, it came just to pass. I think that is why the Holy Spirit is telling us here, and it came to pass that in those days, amen, we humans, we were built that way. We were built to outlast what the devil throws in our path. Amen. We are God's highest form of creation, and we were born overcomers. Are you with me, saints? Born overcomers. The challenges only come to what? The challenges only do what? Come to pass. This is one of my favorite phrases in all in the entire Bible. I think it shows up about 396, close to 400 times in the Bible. And it came to? Amen. In those days, the next phrase. In those days. Notice, in those days, it said in those days, not once upon a time. I'm making a point here. This is the Holy Spirit's way of telling the world that Luke clearly recorded actual history and real events. He didn't say once upon a time, giving a story. No, he said in those days. These are not fanciful stories of Zeus and Apollo on Mount Olympus. What he's going to tell us is for real. Those things actually happened. There was a young lady named Mary about between 13 and 17, whose life was interrupted 
by God. She was engaged. Everything was going fine and sweet and dandy for Mary. Until God interrupted her life. And we are going to, the Holy Spirit through Luke is, through Luke is telling us what's happening. So it is not a story tale. It's real life. And so to give us an idea as to what in those days mean, this phrase in those days appear first. Can you go to Luke chapter 1 verse 39? Let's look at the first place Luke introduced the phrase in those days. So, and it came to pass, Mr. Grover, in those days. Which days? Let's see. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah. And this is, this is what Luke is telling us. He, in those days... When the events of the Christmas story begin to unfold. In those days when Angel Gabriel visited Zacharias about the birth of John the Baptist. You remember that? In those days when Mary got pregnant like she did. Mm -hmm. In those days when her life, as I said, was totally disrupted because she was engaged to Joseph. Let me tell you, saints, you cannot be a Christian and not have God in interruptions. This Christmas, I want you to remember that. You cannot be a Christian and not have what? God interruptions. Today, this Christmas Sunday, I wish you God interruptions. <laughs> Today, this Christmas Sunday, I wish you God interruptions. Because I found out it's after we have God interruptions, our lives get jump started. You know, I can tell you. Every time I read the Christmas story and I see what happened to Mary, it takes me back. In 1999, I interned at um, Pfizer in New York. I was a tax consultant. I was at SBI and I was, do, I was my major was accounting. I had two more semesters to graduate and I came back. You know, I, I, I did well at the, on the internship, at the internship. And they said, Emmanuel, if you go back to school and you graduate, you can come back, work for us full time and we'll pay for your PhD. Even because I've always wanted a PhD in accounting. And I came back Tallahassee shouting, oh. One more year. I sat in my accounting class and all of a sudden, I had a vision of me preaching somewhere. I said, what's what? <laughs> I came here to graduate. <laughs> to <laughs> okay. <laughs> it happened again in my second class. There, for the very first time in my in my, uh, in my accounting classes, I can't remember anything that was taught. Talk about the God interruption. So I sat and I said, what is it? So I said, the next period I'm going to focus because I had cost accounting. I'm focusing. It doesn't matter how much I focused. I saw myself elsewhere. Talk about a God interruption. Because if I graduate, go to New York, I would not be standing here today. I wish you a God interruption. Before the week was over, Elder Brenda, I got a call from the individual, the, the company who gave me a scholarship, said, your scholarship is ended. I have one more year. I have a job waiting for me. I have a promise to get a PhD in accounting. I'm going to be somebody. And a God interruption. This Christmas, I wish you <laughs> a God interruption that will jumpstart your life so God can get the glory. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. <laughs> so the Bible continues, says, while all of this is going on, Mm -hmm. While Mary left and went to Elizabeth's house and they're talking, the Bible says that, that there went out a decree. A what? A decree from Caesar Augustus. And what was the decree? That all the world should be taxed. Caesar Augustus made a decree. Notice he didn't say a suggestion. It's a decree. What's a decree? A decree here means a law. It's not a suggestion. I took the liberty to look up the meaning of the word decree from dictionary.com. And this is what it says. It's a noun. A decree is a formal and authoritative order 
especially when having the force of law. A decree is a, pre a presidential decree. It's a presidential law. Mm -hmm. It is not a presidential suggestion. It is a law. That is why Mary and Joseph went. Hear me since. When you read about the Caesars, when they pass a decree, it doesn't matter how pregnant you are, you are going. <laughs> the Bible says she was very pregnant. It doesn't matter how pregnant you are, you are going. Whether you take a horse or a camel, you are going. You know, I, I've seen medical practitioners try their best to induce labor. They try their best. You know what I'm talking about, right? God gave us a formula right here. Take a camel ride. <laughs> and yeah, let me... <laughs> Take a camel ride, amen, and see what will happen. Praise the Lord. We have all the answers in the Bible. <laughs> now, I, the word decree... <laughs> Very interesting word. I saw that word in Job chapter 22 verse 28. Can you go quickly? I just want, I just want to bring this up here because I want to encourage somebody. The word decree is found in Job chapter 22 verse 28. It says, and you shall decree a thing and it shall be what? Established. You shall decree a thing. We said the decree is a presidential law. We said it's a formal and authoritative order. The Bible says you and I have the ability to do what? Decree a thing. Make a formal and authoritative order. And the Bible says when you do it, what shall happen? It shall be established. This is the season to do that. Since you can decree a thing. I, the word, <laughs> this is amazing. The word decree, I just gave you the English definition. But let me give you the Hebrew definition. The word decree means to divide. It means to cut off and divide. The word thing here, thing means a speech or a word. It means a promise. So you can what? <laughs> the word establish means to stand up, to arise. So it reads this way. You shall decide a word and it will rise up for you upon your ways. That's the exact definition. If you go back in the Hebrew and you break it down, this verse, God is telling us, you shall decide a word. Any word, you shall what? Decide a word and it will what? Rise up for you upon your ways. You decide the word, you speak it and it shall rise up for you. And notice it says cut. That word will cut through anything. It will divide anything to get through That's what happened when Herod, when Augustus decreed, everybody followed. When you decree a word, it will be established. Oh yes, it will rise up for you on your ways. It will, it will. And I want you to know that this Christmas, don't you feel lonely? Don't you feel sad? It's going to be alright. Thank God for all those who are happy this Christmas. And see what happens to you next Christmas. What do you got to do? Thank God for all those who are happy this Christmas. Mm -hmm. And see what will happen to you next Christmas. You sow a seed. Amen. So you shall decide a word and it will rise up for you upon your ways. Let's continue. So the Bible says so. Uh, he passed the decree, Caesar Augustus. Caesar was a title used for Roman Emperor as much as the word president is used today. So today we would have Caesar Biden. Instead of President Biden. Let me see. Caesar and President is synonymous words. Amen. Alright. Okay. So, uh, so, so Caesar, he was called Augustus. And his, his actual name was Gaius Octavius. And in light of his position in the known world. And this is what I mean. Rome was the world superpower then. Amen. World, Rome was the world superpower. Back then. You see. Superpowers rise and fail and fall. They what? They rise and fall. Because the only superpower there is, is, yes, we got one real superpower. Amen? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. That superpower never fall and rise. He's always a superpower. That's why the world is trying to get rid of his name. Amen? 
The devil is a liar. So we are told here in, in verse 2, let's continue verse 1, that the world should be taxed. And that's what happened when the Bible says the world is talking about the entire Roman em, em, Empire. The entire Roman Empire. Not the world necessarily, but the entire Roman Empire. He came up with a decree that everybody should be taxed and everybody is getting ready to be taxed. Amen. So what was the taxation about? It was all about greed. Because when the, the Romans never would accept Jews in the army. They would never accept Jews in the army. For that matter, the Jews would not go. The Jews would prefer to die than to be part of the Roman army. So every time there was taxation, it was because of money. And God decided to use this man greed. His greed to ensure that a prophet called Micah who prophesied 700 years before that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. You see, Herod was after money. Jesus is after the word. Amen. He's after money, but God is after his word coming to pass. Amen. So we have Mary and Joseph. Uh, the Bible says, uh, and, and they all went up to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And somebody asked, why did Mary, why did Joseph go back to uh, Bethlehem is because, as we said, he's of the lineage of David. Through David's son called Nathan. Mary is of the lineage of David also, but it's through another son. Are you with me, saints? They are both of the lineage of David in his ancestral line. So they both had to go back home. Because a prophet... 700 years prophesy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. It doesn't matter where you are. When the word goes forth, it will cut and divide everything to come to pass. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. That's why it's important since one of the most important thing you can do is continue to speak the word of God. It doesn't matter what situation you are in. It doesn't matter how you feel. It's not based on how you feel. Continue to speak God's word. It doesn't matter how sick you may you 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 feel. I will, how weak you may be. How sick you feel. Continue to do what? Speak God's word, because God's word will cut and divide. It will rise up and ensure that it comes to pass. So. We said David, uh, we said um, Mary went. She's very pregnant. And who else went? Joseph went. Because you see, they are law abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. Joseph didn't say, Well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not, this is Caesar. I'm a Jew. I'm not going. No, 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 no. He's what? He's a law-abiding citizen. I think it's Romans chapter 13 says we should be subject to the, law, to, to the laws. God, God is the one who came up with the laws. So we should be subject to it. So we see him doing the very same thing. Now this is what I want to bring to your attention. The trip from to Bethlehem was 80 miles. How many miles? 80 miles. On one donkey. Or one camel. With a pregnant woman. How many miles do you think they could do a day? Let's give them 15 miles. Mm? Because the camel, history records that the camel has to rest. So sometimes Mary had to get down and walk. I'm making a point here. Sometimes she had to get down and walk. Why, why was that? Because she was pregnant with whom? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because she was pregnant with Jesus. You get pregnant with Jesus and see what will happen. Yes. And when I say pregnant with Jesus, I'm talking about what Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 says. It says, be filled. Ephesians 5.18, I think. Be filled with the Spirit. Mm, that's what it says. Be filled and being filled with the Spirit is being filled with the Word of God. You got Ephesians 5.18. And be not drunk with wine or in excess, but be filled with what? The spirit, be filled with the spirit. Look, I think it's John 6, 63 says, the words I speak to you, the what? The words I speak to you, they are what? And they are, be filled with the spirit. The words I speak to you are spirit. So therefore, being filled with the spirit is synonymous to being filled with the word of God. 
Mm-hmm. John 1, 1 tells us, who's the word? In the beginning was the... Jump, verse 14 tells us the word became flesh. So being filled with the spirit is to be filled with what? The word. Who is what? Jesus. I'm saying be filled. Get pregnant with Jesus and see what will happen. <laughs> I'm here. To, I'm here. I wish you two things this Christmas. A God interruption. And be pregnant with Jesus. And when you are pregnant with Jesus, the devil will come after you. Since I am going to submit to you, the reason why sometimes our lives are so quiet. <laughs> hey, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> That's why sometimes we, we, you know, we just breeze through. Is because most times we don't have, a, we haven't gotten a God interruption. And we are not pregnant with Jesus. Yeah, you get pregnant with Jesus and see what will happen. Your life will turn right side up. Because the devil always comes for the word. That's what we are told in Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 says, the kingdom of God is like when a farmer sows the seed. And the Bible tells us the seed is what? The word of God. And as soon as the farmer sows the seed, the devil comes. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. I think, do you, do you have that text in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 4? Is it verse 18 or 20? When it talks about the seed is the word of God. And immediately, immediately as soon as you sow the seed. And these are they which are sown among. Is before, I think it's before that, sorry. Verse 15? 14, I think. Yeah. I just need you to see this right here. I, I brought it. I mentioned this verse. Yeah. And these are the likewise that soon before that. Sorry. 14. Okay. And these are they that by the wayside which, which the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh when? Immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Immediately. I, I spoke about this, I think, two Wednesdays back, and I said, look, the devil doesn't even wait for us to leave church. He's working us right at our seats. Right where you are, you may hear something. And that's why we have to be so careful. Sometimes we grow up with our own, uh, I'm looking for a nice word, our own, let's say, biases. Our own biases, amen. And sometimes when we hear something new, all of a sudden, it doesn't fit into our bias, and we have issues, and that's what the devil uses to take the word from us. We hear something new. Instead of saying, Father, I'm going to keep it and guard it. I'm going to go home and behave like a, like a Berean. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17 that the folks, the sin, I think in verse 20. You don't, have, don't turn there. The Bible says the sins in Berea, they listened to Paul and they were taking notes. They said, okay, Paul, talk, 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 talk. But when you're done, we are going home. And search the scriptures to see if the things you said were so. Mm, that's what we Christians should be doing. Yes, pastor, I heard you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going home to ensure the things you say are in the scripture. That's what Bereans, that's what Bereans do. Students who really want to grow. And so we are told Mary is on her way to Bethlehem. And what place what other place most suiting for the Son of God to be born? Bethlehem means the house of bread. What better place for the word? The one who said, I am the bread of life. <laughs> are you, are you, to be born. And he's on his way. Glory be to Jesus. He's on his way. He's not born as yet. Praise the Lord. He's been carried. Amen. <laughs> In the womb of an of a 17 year old about to fulfill prophecy you know I'll tell you brothers and sisters if you look at the Christmas story you'll see the mercies of God on display we've been talking about the mercies of God over the past few Sundays and that's why I entitled this sermon the mercies of God on display 
What do we see happening here is God coming after human beings to rescue them. That's, that's all the Christmas story is about. The devil had us in the palm of his hand. He could do with us whatsoever he wanted. And God refused to be in heaven and not do anything about it. The devil thought he had us to the point where he told God, you give me Job for one second. He said, I promise when I'm finished with Job, he'll curse you to the face. He said, when I'm done with Job, I'll squeeze him so hard, he'll scream like a little girl. And then he'll curse you to the face. That's what he's telling God. Because he thought he had us. He thought the devil still has access to God. You know that. He still have access. That is why we have Jesus in heaven. Amen. Who's defending us. Amen. He is our intercessor. He's making intercession. Because every time Satan comes up and says, look at Emmanuel. Look what he said. Look what he done. Isn't he a Christian? Jesus steps forward and says, not guilty. Not guilty. <laughs> hey, glory be to God. Not guilty. On every count. And when the devil said, why? He shows the devil the blood. <laughs> ah, well, that's why when we were singing, we sang this morning, I can see the love in his eyes. I can see you now. I don't know what's going through your mind when these songs have been sung, but brother, I go way back and I begin to thank God for Jesus Christ. He refused to stay in heaven. And let the, we have three enemies. We have ourselves, we have the world and the devil. And God came through. How many of you thank God for Mary? Hallelujah. She said, be unto me according to thy word. Can you say that this Christmas? Can you tell Jesus, be unto me according to your word. If I have to carry you, Jesus, I'll carry you. Ah, glory be to Jesus. And so we see the mercy of God on display. But God is a God who works through human beings. He doesn't work apart from us. That's why we are told in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9 that we are laborers together. Mm -hmm. Laborers together. So if God is a laborer, amen, we are God's husbandry, we are God's building. Mm -hmm. You are God's what? God's husbandry and God's building. Tell the devil you are no unfit for use. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, no, I'm not unfit for use. No more. Because I think it's Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is, therefore no, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The word condemnation means, it means unfit for use. Have you seen an old building that just condemned? Unfit for use? Huh? The Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit. For the law of the spirit. Anyhow. You know I'm talking about. Amen. Tell the devil I'm not condemned. I'm a building. I'm available. To be used by God. Thank God for Mary. Thank God for Joseph. God chose the right set of people since. And I want to tell you. God chose the right set of people. Because they got themselves ready. To be used by God. They were able to embrace an interruption. And I'm asking you this Christmas to get yourself ready. Don't always, don't always look for convenience to serve God. Don't always look for convenience. I have never found anybody in the Bible who did anything with God and they were convenient. Never. I haven't found anybody in the Bible. I've been looking, looking through, scouring through the Bible to see who was an individual who saw the glory of God and they were very convenient. They didn't lead up front. Every leader lead up front. Oh, anyhow. See? COVID. We still haven't gotten it. Let me tell you why I say that. Everybody's going back. Everybody forgot what happened. And, no, and very few people are thanking God for... For being alive. I looked at almost 900,000 people. And I got up and began to thank God. And say father one of these people could have been me. And because of that. Are you with me? I am not rejoiced. I, 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 
You know, I sorrow with those who lost loved ones. I sorrow with them. But brother, I'm not going to live my Christian life like I did before COVID. And you get what I'm saying? If I'm going to lead for God, I'm going to lead for God. If I'm going to live for God, I'm going to live for God. And you get what I'm saying? No more shortcuts. You tell people the truth in love, but you tell them the truth anyhow. No more games. Those days are over. Jesus is on his way. Coming back. Not as a baby. He's on his way. And people are still, we are still, still, still going back to the way we lived before COVID. There is no room for convenience. Are you with me? Mary was inconvenienced. Joseph was inconvenienced. Why? Because God interrupted their lives. Why? Because she was carrying Jesus. And listen to me, brothers and sisters. When you are carrying Jesus, you need help from other human beings. <laughs> it doesn't matter how pregnant you are. You will need a friend. Mary needed Joseph. It doesn't matter how pregnant she was. She needed Joseph. That's why we have to be very careful how we deal with one another. How we treat one another. I realize I was sitting at the house and I just went back and looked over my life. And I was telling my wife, I wish I had the opportunity to live my life over again. Let me tell you why. There are people that God sent in my life. Mm -hmm. Who were supposed to be assets and resources. I'm talking about mature men and women of God. Not boys. Mature men and women of God. God placed in my life. And because I was not wise enough to cherish the relationship. They are no longer in my life. So I told my wife, people and now I go back and trying to mend. Amen. Trying to restore those that, that are there. It's, it's small, but there is a sign. There is a semblance of life in the relationships. I'm trying to ignite the fire back. Because every relationship from God is an asset. Every friendship is a potential. Are you? It's a resource from God. God uses people people to take you from level to level. You don't just arrive. And so, I'm now asking God to forgive me. And I'm asking him to send me good men. Good women. Are you getting what I'm saying in my life? People who can be resource, resourceful people. Amen. People who can be assets. Are you with me? Good people. People who fear God. People who are not out to just get you, but want to lift you. Oh, Father, we thank you. We bless your name. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter how much, it doesn't matter how pregnant you are with Jesus like Mary was. You need help. You need a brother. You need a sister. You need a, you need a, you need a shoulder to cry on. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? On that journey to where he's birth, that 80 mile, that 80 mile journey she took. Can you see her on that journey? On that camel or that little horse? Or I mean that little donkey. Hot sun. Took them at least seven days. Some commentator said it took them at least seven days. You see, sometimes we read the Bible and leave it on the pages of the Bible. Sometimes we read these stories and leave them on the pages and go on. Drinking, you know, just having fun. Oh, I read about, I read about Mary. <laughs> The lady was, she was at least 17, a young lady. Very pregnant, the Bible says, yes. Very pregnant with Jesus. She and Joseph, 80 miles, at least seven days. Don't forget why. I know it's because Herod, sorry, Augustus made a decree but way before Augustus <laughs> made that decree, you had prophet Micah. 
who spoke forth a word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That is why I told you, brothers and sisters, you can decree a thing. <laughs> years before, 700 years, Prophet Micah decreed. Let's see what Prophet Micah decreed. You got to see it, brothers and sisters. I think I have it here. Praise the Lord. Mm. You got it? You, somebody got it? No, Prophet Micah. We're Prophet Micah. He decreed. He said, yeah, Micah chapter 5. You got Micah chapter 5? Verse 2. This is Prophet Micah speaking. Verse 2. He said, but thou Bethlehem. He called the name of the city. <laughs> but thou Bethlehem. Ephrathah. Thou be little among the thousands of Judah. Yet out of you shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from old from everlasting. She said, he said he's going forth. Jesus is going forth has been from old. In other words, he didn't just, when he entered earth, that's not when he began existing. He existed long before he entered earth. Yeah, his goings are of old from everlasting. The Bible says from everlasting to everlasting. You see these words have been used with describing God. This is the same word here. From everlasting. Without end. He's coming the one without end. And he's going to become. He's going to come from Bethlehem. Micah. 700 years. Spoke about Jesus. And here is Mary. Pregnant with Jesus. About to ensure that this word is being fulfilled. And God is moving in the hearts of leaders. In the heart of a leader to ensure that the prophecy that Micah gave came to pass. I'm here to tell you. You get pregnant with Jesus. He will move kingdoms. He will touch the heart of leaders. Political leaders. Change it for you. That's what Proverbs chapter 21 verse 1 says. It says the king's heart. Is in the hands of the Lord like the rivers of water. Augustus's heart was in God's hand. And God looked down the corridors of life. And he said, Mary's pregnant. How can I get Mary to Bethlehem? That's no big deal for God. No big deal for God to <laughs> take Mary from where she is to. God looked around and he saw the greed of a man. He saw Herod's greed. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'll work with Herod's greed. That which the devil meant for evil, I'm going to turn it for good. Praise the Lord. So Herod. <laughs> oh, bless God. Herod came up with the decree. And God used the decree to move Elizabeth. Sorry. Mary from Judea to Bethlehem. No big deal. Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking you today, saints here, three things I came to tell you. One, one, I wish you got interruptions. Two, I wish that you get pregnant with Jesus. And three, God tells me to tell you, you get pregnant with Jesus, he'll move the world. He'll move leaders. He'll touch their hearts. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. He'll touch the hearts of a supervisor. Oh, you need help? You need favor from a man? Favor from a woman? Oh, oh, God's got you. You got pregnant with the word Jesus. And see what will happen. Glory be to You hear what I'm saying? God will move mountains. God will move kingdoms. God will move men and reap and place women in your path. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. See what God did to Pharaoh for the Israelites. He broke Pharaoh down. And finally, Pharaoh said, you can go. At first, he criticized and he said, who's that God? That I may release you to go serve him. He said, tell me who's that God? <laughs> oh, that was the same God he saw. Open the Red Sea. And he was a smart man. He stood at the end and tell them to go. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pharaoh stood and Pharaoh said, You go. <laughs> and he saw the Red Sea. He saw the sea congealed. 
stood up like the water stood up like walls before that before the water stood up as wall that night that night God placed a barrier of fire between the Egyptians and the Israelites a barrier of fire and God blew opened the Red Sea and got the the, the seabed dry how, how how do you do that both sides the water like walls in the middle it's dry like a desert use like if we sit and meditate on these things the issues we have they'll disappear they will disappear we'll understand jeremiah 32 27 behold i am the god the lord of all flesh is there anything too hard for me jeremiah 32 27 are you get god told jeremiah behold i am the lord <laughs> the God of all flesh who's Pharaoh who's a Julius who's Augustus who is Caesar I am the Lord the God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me <laughs> Woo! glory be to Jesus I can cast a shadow on a young virgin and get her pregnant Ah, uh, I can turn water into wine. What do you want? Let me know. I am the God. Ah, uh, oh, glory be to Jesus. No big deal, says no big deal, no big deal, no big deal for God. <laughs> you sit and take these scriptures and meditate on them. Make them large in your mind. Mm -hmm. Do what Mary said she would do. She said in Luke chapter 1 verse 46. My soul magnifies the Lord. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's to mag like a magnifying glass. My soul magnifies the Lord. And verse 47 she said. And my spirit rejoices. You see after you make God large. You have no choice but to start. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> when you get the right perspective of who God is. Like Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. The Bible said at midnight. They begin to praise God. They begin to make God large. Anyhow. <laughs> hey God. You make God large, you're going to rejoice. Because all of a sudden, you make God large and your problems disappear. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Before. <laughs> That's why I have been talking to God to send good men and good women. Because one of these men who are no longer in my life provoked me to study in God's word. He said to me, your problem is Emmanuel. You know too much about yourself. And too little about God. Yeah, that's what he said to me. 20 years ago, he said that to me. He said, you know too much about yourself and too little about God. That's why you have so many issues. He said, but if you learn to make God large. You see, Mr. Grover, I, I didn't know about these scriptures. My soul magnifies the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I wasn't into scripture memorization. I wasn't into that wasn't my thing <laughs> praise the Lord and so he said to me when you when you know more about God than about yourself your life will change and he walked out you see I used to call him and say and call him and say this happened and that happened and this happened and, and one day he just said stop Emmanuel stop stop I know what's the problem and he said you know too much about yourself too little about God and he said, when you get it right, you'll be okay. This Christmas, I wish you a God interruption. Mm -hmm, a God interruption. This Christmas, I wish that <laughs> you get pregnant with Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I wish that 
the reason why you were born be manifest to you. Yeah, that's why I wish that's because that is why I meet so many Christian brothers and sisters who ask me the question, how do I find God's will? A God interruption will settle that. And that is my wish for you. That is my desire for you. A God interruption. This season, pregnant with Jesus, this season. And when you do, know for sure that God will turn the world right side up for you. He'll move kingdoms, change people. He'll come. The manifested glory of God. And all of this is God's mercy on display. Amen? His mercy on display. God is after you. <laughs> Get convinced that God is after you. Yeah. Yeah. Be convinced of that truth. God is in is in real He's in what I call relentless, relentless pursuit of you. Relentless pursuit of you. He will not give up. Only one person is going to give up, and that's you. God is not a quitter. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. Mm? God is after you. He's after you. He's after you. I got convinced of that. And once I got convinced that God was after me, I took off after him. And we met somewhere. <laughs> In the center. We are still meeting. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.